Hello loves. Before we dive into today's episode, just want to take a moment to let you know that Tarot for the Wild Soul, my eight-week tarot course, is officially open for enrollment. This brand new version of the course is so unbelievably powerful. I'm currently creating it, channeling the material right now, and it's um, it's bringing me, which is always how I know kind of the power of my offerings, it's bringing me into some of the most powerful places that I ever have gone as a teacher. And the medicine of the material, which is all completely brand new and, and gorgeously laid out, um, is... Uh, just kind of blowing my mind, honestly, um, every day it's, it's extremely powerful. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard to even explain. Um, the course runs for eight weeks from June 9th to July 28th. Each of the eight weeks of the course, um, participants will have access to absolutely gorgeous, completely brand new pre-recorded audio and video materials exquisitely beautiful workbooks, and uh, a two-hour Q&A live Zoom call with me every week on Wednesdays. Um, this, again, is the totally brand new rebirthed version of Tarot for the Wild Soul. So again, it's really fresh, completely new material, and yet um, the core and the baseline, the fact that we're moving through every card in the tarot, um, is still rooted, still remains the same. The way we're looking to the cards is so different. This course is also really unique because it runs in a seasonal spiral. Um, So we're moving through kind of the elements. We're moving from quote unquote spring to winter as we travel through these eight weeks together, these eight consecutive weeks, and yet having a full kind of seasonal experience together looking to each and every one of these tarot cards as anchors, allies for our empowered knowing. Like what medicine do we have to offer about the tarot? It really takes us into those deep, again, and powerful places. And also this course is, um, it's just revealing itself to me to be so playful and so much fun. There's so many beautiful kind of creative exercises and journaling prompts and encouragements to make your own spreads. There's, there's just so much beautiful, um, opportunity to kind of rediscover, rewild, um, completely go in another, onto another level with your tarot practice. So, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to share it with everyone. Truly. It's just so fucking exciting. Um, so Again, enrollment is only open for a little bit because, again, we're going to start on June 9th, which is it's soon. So if you want to join, if you want to be a part of this offering, if you want to um, say yes to this sacred container, I encourage you to go to tarotforthewildsoul.com or click the link in your show notes that will take you right to the course page. You can learn all about it. Um, and follow the prompts to sign up while enrollment is still open. Enrollment closes for those of you who are interested in knowing this on June 7th at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. So I am very excited to see all of you in the spiral of learning, all of you who feel called to it. And uh, for everyone listening, very excited to dive into today's episode with you.
Hello loves and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I am your host Lindsay Mack and as always just endlessly grateful and delighted to be gathered with all of you in this virtual shared space. Thank you so much for being here with me today. So I wasn't supposed to do an episode this week but I felt compelled I felt compelled because even though we're going to have um, a monthly medicine episode of the podcast pretty soon, honestly, at least to me, it feels like such a rough time collectively that I just honestly just felt felt a pull to land in this space with all of you and uh, just kind of offer any medicine, any nourishment that might be of use. Um, it feels really intense right now on a number of different levels. We're in such a bizarre, hard time of liminality. Nobody really knows what's going on. And where we could say that normally, you know, we never truly know what's going on with life in general. The experience of that right now is so incredibly heightened. It's so big. Um, All of us are standing at multiple different crossroads, really, um, really getting pulled actually paradoxically much, much deeper into our center. So while we may feel a strong pull, and by the way, if this is your pull and is your is your truth, is what's unfolding for you, I think that's phenomenal and beautiful. Trust that. But some of us may feel like we're in real seven of cups energy right now, which is essentially swirling around a million different options that could like all be possible, but none of them are really the one. And in general, Seven energy comes up when we really want something external to land in our lives and ground us in something. (laughs) We want that phone call. We want that letter. We want that answer. You know, that's natural and human, uh, human as can be. We want something to come in and say, you can relax. This is the next step. This is what This is how it's all going to be okay. This is what you're going to do next. And we're in some pretty strong seven energy right now where most of us really want to know what's happening, what's going on, but we don't, you know, and again, that's not, um, unique again, that's life, (laughs) But because of last year and because of what 2021 is just sort of continuing to to be, the illusion of that idea is kind of, it's stripped away quite a bit for most of us, um, for better or worse. So what do we do when we're in a seven time? And for most of us, this is so mixed. We're all having our own individualized experience within a massive collective um, trauma and a massive collective grief. And most of us are somewhere in the spectrum within that grief and within that trauma of some numbness and some desire to run away and some desire to check out. And that's... um, 
I don't want to say it's okay because it is okay. It's all okay. It's as normal as we could possibly <laughs> expect to experience right now. Um, and some of you may not feel that way. You may be having your own experience and, and that's perfectly, it's beautiful. You know, we're all on our own path, but I think overall, this sense of just wanting to run into something else is quite, is quite big for everyone right now. And because there is ultimately is nowhere to run to, which is really scary and really hard. That's what kind of, um, shakes out to a seven energy. So what do we do when we're in seven energy? We return back home. We come back home. We start to just offer a little bit more to the degree that we feel safe doing so, to the degree that we feel resourced to do so. We're not digging deeply. We're just practicing. What is it to stay in this moment with all of this desire to know, to run, to get out of this moment? What would it be like to just hang out here and speak from this place? What would that be? What would it be like to hang out with the rawness and maybe even the terror with as much resourcing as possible? What are my tools? What might I be invited to pay attention to inside of this? You know, sevens don't just keep us rooted into what is for nothing. There's something that requires our attention in a seven before we can take that next step forward. And it's not like we're fumbling around in the dark for a thing, but the idea inside of that, right? So all four of the sevens can be anchors and allies to us right now. Seven of cups, which is what I cited before, the antidote to that hard, um, tough experience that can come up in that card is dreaming is dreaming, a letting ourselves daydream about all the possibilities. And if we land on one that's like, oh, I don't want that possibility, you can say, okay, you know, how could I work with it if it did come up? Like, how could I reach out for help, reach out for support, show up for myself, ask for help, take a break? Um, what would be the worst thing that could happen? You know, but in general, staying with the dream, it's hard work. <laughs> It takes a lot of courage to dream. You know, it's seven of pentacles, patience, allowing it to, to blossom. There's a blossoming. Heaven of pentacles is such perfect, gorgeous proof that it's not just waiting for nothing. There's something blossoming. We don't want to harvest it before it's time, right? So we can apply that to what it is that we're moving through currently. We are in transition, all of us can't be on this planet right now and not be experiencing that. We're in a kind of transition. We are on the path. We're on our way to something. We just don't quite know what that is. And by the way, that's 2021. I talked about that in the threshold offering. This is like an in-between year. That is the point of Hierophant work. We are in a five year and I'm starting to feel the five energy The the now that we're around the halfway point of the year, right nearing that whoa, do I feel the five energy fives will bring you right down to the, 
to the like to the bottom of the pool. Like it's hard. You're uprooting. It's an uprooting year. It's contraction on purpose. It's it's in order to shine a very strong light on all of the things, not that are out of alignment, out of balance, but that we're still carrying that take up space in our emotional landscape and we're just not meant to hold anymore. So I'm going to talk about the fives in a minute, but that element of not just patience for virtue's sake, but, but knowing that something's growing, knowing that something is on its way to us. It's very powerful in, you know, part of this time. Um, seven of wands, very powerful card. So I would say seven of, of wands is, is up there with, with one of the most, you know, advanced, powerful, complex energies. Cause it's essentially, do I go or do I stay? Do I take action? Do I hang out? Do I move? Do I surrender? Um, we can apply that. And, and I have even taught this card within the context of hypervigilance that sometimes it can really feel like I have to be ready. I have to be hypervigilant. I have to be ready to go at any moment. There are those of us who, um, a have experienced trauma, have experienced wounding to the extent that hypervigilance is a really important helper within the spectrum of our, of our inner resourcing. And most of us know that we almost universally all carry an element of hypervigilance around something that isn't actually in alignment with our, not even our truth, but even our reality. Like there actually is no, nothing to be hypervigilant about, but it feels that way, right? So this card is, is really multi-layered because there are times when acting is important. Action is important. Directness is important. But how are we doing it? Are we escaping? Are we flinging ourselves into it? Um, are we acting out of that hypervigilance or are we choosing to move from our root? And there are times when we really feel like I have to do something. And when we search our heart, we actually need to do nothing, which is incredibly intense. So um, we've all experienced this most like where we really feel like, oh, I should um, engage with this person. I should call this person. I should say this. I should do this. And sometimes um, the should meets up with the I desire to, like the two kind of um, streams. They meet up and they form a greater river. And we do actually have a desire to 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 step up, to, to touch in, to speak up on something in, in some way. Um, so in that way, this card can be really powerful. And in another way, it's really about following a different stream, a different set of, of rhythms and, and rapids that take us to a place of deeper reflection. So, um, we're really feeling that right now. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I work with this energy? How do I work with this, with these feelings? Right. And then of course we have seven of sorts, which, um, often comes up when we're in the story, in the pain, because it's such a painful story that we have to grip on. We have to hold on to what we know, to what we have. We have to 
figure out. We have to accumulate. We have to draw up and in. We've got to bring, bring, bring more, more, more. Not from a place of sort of um, greed, from a place of self-protection. When we're in this energy, very often, there is a there is an incredibly painful center, which is, I'm not enough. It's not enough. If I don't do enough, I'm not going to have what I need when I need it. Really hard. Because again, sevens are about the inner work before the external action. So even with a card like seven of wands, which we just talked about, we can take the action. But first we're being invited to ask why. What's our intention? What's our, what is the call? Why? What's underneath the impulse, right? With regard to um, Seven of Swords, why do we feel the need to hold on? Why do we feel the need? Why do we feel that it's not enough or that we're not enough or that if we don't do enough, we're not going to have X, Y, Z? Very painful and very much in the collective right now. So all of these beautiful energies are all pointing us in this one um, potent direction, which is, can we touch in in order to shift the way we take our next step? And this is really very much wrapped up in the immensely complex energies astrologically that we are going to be moving through over the next month. It's no joke, really. Jupiter and Pisces is wonderful. It's very swirly. It's very liminal. This is Pisces energy. Jupiter is connected to Wheel of Fortune. There's a lot of swirliness happening. So if you're feeling kind of like, oh my God, I can't focus. I'm making mistakes. You're not alone. And I'm not saying that's Jupiter and Pisces, but it's also not, not, (laughs) you know, that's not, not a part of it. Likely, what we're really feeling is one, the upcoming eclipse season, which really the the eclipse portal starts in about, um, I believe in about a week, um, two weeks, yeah, about a week and a half with the full moon total lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. And then of course we have, um, you know, that eclipse portal sort of comes to a completion at the new moon solar eclipse in Gemini in Gemini season while experiencing a Mercury Mercury retrograde in Gemini. Not only that, but we also have our second um, Saturn-Uranus square in our year. We had the first one back in February. We'll have the next one a little later in the year but I believe around June 15th, um, we have that second square. And that square is a really big deal because, again, it's breaking apart a tremendous amount of, of stuff. It's taking us into this energy of tradition, what's done, what you do, what you've done before with the breaking free. It's really... Um, the bird and the cage, like we, we all sort of have that energy. What are we held in? What was built for us? How do we want to be free? So we're really working with some, some strong pendulum swings right now. 
And one of the great beauties of Gemini season is that, you know, it is that gorgeous, mutable air energy. It has the ability to be a channel in multidimensional ways. It's also not the energy we call upon <laughs> for the most part to ground us. And there's a lot of Gemini happening. And we have Jupiter in mutable water energy. So again, this isn't a time to not move. This isn't a time to not take action, to not leap, to not take a step forward. But if you are finding yourself sort of swirling around, not being quite sure what to do, um, not feeling like you're not sure quite where to go, what to do, you know, again, the sevens are huge allies for you. Huge. And in fact, if you're attracted to this way of looking to these cards as moment to moment allies for whatever is going on, again, my course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, is for sure for you. Um, this is ex ex it's exactly what this course is, is like looking at these cards from that perspective, but going even deeper. And, you know, of course, we're going to talk about all this in June Monthly Medicine, but it's, I think it's important to speak about now, honestly, because the energy is very, very high with regard to these feelings. And as we've now transitioned into Gemini season, the sun has moved into Gemini, we're starting to feel all this. Like these eclipses are powerful. There are going to be things in these eclipses that we shed clear that we are never going to go back to again. It's huge shifts that are coming forward. So again, sevens can be really helpful because they can help us to stay tethered to us when we feel a very big call to let something be external before it's really formed itself. And I also feel sort of a call to talk about the fives because I'm starting to need, maybe you are too, maybe this will be helpful for you too. I am starting to need to remind myself and my little girl kind of again and again and again, sweetheart, this is a five year and this is what five years are. Again, fives are tough. They are, again, contraction energies. They are meant to root us in a different way than the fours are. They're meant to help us to touch into something that we'd really rather not touch into. <laughs> you know, that we'd really kind of rather not deal with. And they bring us into all kinds of hard, painful feelings, you know? And, you know, Five of Pentacles often brings up earthly contractions. Where am I going to go? Will I have enough? Will I, um, it, it can bring us into really scary places of really worrying, like, what am I going to do? And the antidote to that, um, is coming home to this moment, to what is present. Like, what are we doing right now? Five of Pentacles is really like a friend that sort of takes you gently, um, cups your face in its hands and looks you in the eye and says, this is all there is right now. Five minutes from now, there could be something else. Can we stay right here? You know, five of swords, really working through the feeling of I've made a mistake. I've done something wrong. 
I fucked up in some way. I can't correct it. I don't know what to do. I'm so bad. Um, it, even if it's imagined completely, it can really bring those feelings up and they are painful. So how can we come home to that? Remembering that there's always the possibility of, of at the very least, energetic repair of recentering in some way. Um, of making amends, of shifting, of saying no when we actually said yes, of forgiving ourselves, of asking for forgiveness. Um, it's not easy and, you know, whatever, but this card often deals with the the imagined story rather than the actuality of something being so irrevocable that there's no way forward. Remembering that there are possibilities for change is something that this card really um, I think, um, promotes in really powerful ways. So again, that's all, those are huge collective themes right now, huge. And I think most of us are working through, um, them in, in many different ways. And remember pentacles are not money, you know, swords are not thoughts. They're not so myopic like that. They're not so one note like that. Five of cups is grief having to work through, having to process, having to put down the three spilled cups before we can turn to the two full cups. This is, I would say, the most dominant of the five energies in our collective right now, because part of working with five of cups is also wanting to step away from the three spilled cups. It, it can go in either direction. Sometimes we don't want to turn to the two full, even when we're ready, just kind of don't know how to make the transition. And other times it's, it's quite the opposite where we're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. I don't need to look at these three spilled cups ever again. <laughs> you know, and we just want the two full, where are they? Hey. Um, but it's not time to turn until it's time. Right. So part of the deal with this card is making space at the table for our grief in some way that is impactful and meaningful for us. So it's, it's really, really strong work to be able to move through this time and remember that. And of course, five of wands is like pissed off, frustrated, fused, short, messy as fuck, wanting to know how things are organized, how they're laid out and we can't. And so we want to kind of take our arm to the table and like, whoosh, like bash everything off of it. It's just real... It's a lot of heat, a lot of heat. And of course, there's so much justified rage and anger and frustration and and um and despair, you know, that is so present for all of us living on this planet right now. Um, and personally, in an individual way, many of us are fucking exhausted. We need a break in some way, shape, or form. We're burned the fuck out. We're pissed at the systemic oppression that caused some of this, most of this. Um, we want more clarity. We want more things to make sense, and they just don't. And this card really invites us to kind of embrace the mess and actually let anger be the powerful, clear messenger that it is, saying, I need something to be different. There's an action here that I'm being invited to take. Anger is a huge clarifier. And we are being asked this year to pay attention to that. Some of us are have been 
um, deep respecters, deep, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Tenders, maybe, of their anger and rage for a while have, have been healthy channelers of their anger for a long time. Other, other ones of us are, are catching up to that. So working with fives is not easy. It's very hard to find a soft place to land. It can feel like we're just trying to get comfortable and like a sitting on a cactus or something. It's really uncomfortable. Remembering that this year is a five year, not because we're unlucky, not because things are not meant to go our way, not because we're fucked, not because we're being punished. This is a holy part of the tarot. It's not one that we have to love or romanticize, but it is a very important part of it. Life is very hard, right? It's extremely unfair and really unfortunate, disappointing, hard, scary, challenging things come up for us all the time, all the time in life. It may be that we are so privileged, so blessed that we've not had to work through much of that. And eventually we will. It's just the nature of life. We don't have to dread it. It just is what it is. Eventually we will die. Eventually we will leave this body in some way. We will get sick. We will get older. If we do, we'll get as old as we get, right? And part of working through the human experience of love and loss and grieving and anger and rage helps us to sink, touch our feet to the bottom of something. It's not a rock bottom, but it is, it is making contact with a part of our sort of cave floor at the bottom of that pool at the bottom of that cave that we don't often get to make contact with. We're aware that it's there. We're aware that stuff is going on, but we're not often in it. We're not often touching ourselves to it. So how can we, you know, again, how can we respond to that? You know, how do we make contact with that? What do we work with when we want to scramble back up? Like, it can help us to completely reshape the way we live our lives. The more aware we are of these patterns within us, of the things that have lived in that place, in those places within us, we don't have to experience them again with the same kind of um, rocking and rolling. We can actually greet them with a little bit more um, of a Knight of Cups energy, which is to say that we're able to keep the water inside of the cup as still as possible, even though there's a lot of movement. We can become a sturdier container for ourselves. And with the way that the planet is going right now, which it we're in a time of a lot of unknowns, a lot of chaos, a lot of breaking down in order to rebuild, um, a lot of kind of veils and masks and, and blindfolds being really stripped off, seeing um, and being confronted with so much personally, collectively on this planet, in the world. Um, these are powerful allies. Can we hang out 
with our foot touching that bottom, knowing that we can hang out there. We're not going to drown. It's not going to overcome us. This is the point of this year. That's what it is to be in a Hierophant year. All of the beliefs, all of the stories, all of the painful inherited stuff that we've carried maybe even for lifetimes, for lifetimes, um, it is ready to bubble up so that we can look it in the face and go, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, that is a lot. And honor it and recognize that's never been mine and do something different. Actually say, I'm ready to move forward without this piece, right? Huge deal, huge. That's this time. And we're all very tired and we've all been working very hard. <laughs> and it's very, very hard to imagine um, more of this work. And yet this is the necessary time for this work to happen. So that's why the sevens can be such a balm because they also remind us to take rests. We can always call upon the fours to help with that too. There are roots, our resources, like what are the picture, like a little squirrel den, like with lots of nuts and nourishing food and some, some cozy times, like what, what can help to offset that? How are you helping yourself through this time? Is you deserve that. It's necessary. It won't be possible to do everything that really needs to be done internally and then externally if we're unwilling to be that compassionate witness to ourselves to take that time. So <clears throat> I think that's really all I have to say. I don't know. This was felt really good to connect with all of you in this way. I hope this serves and you know, if you feel called to touch him with your tarot decks, again, it's, it requires so little, so much of soul tarot. I, it doesn't matter how many courses I teach, how many years I teach or mentor a particular student. We are always unlearning one of the most, I think, harmful, painful ideas of tarot reading, which extends itself to spirituality, kind of in general, born of new age stuff that we somehow need to be calm and centered and we need to like come um, all buttoned up to our decks. That's not true. And in fact, it actually takes our foot off the most important center of tarot reading. It's really hard to get a reading that connects, that lands with us that offers the kind of nourishment and medicine that the tarot as a vessel for spirit so wants to, longs to, if we're not showing up to our decks with what is the raw stuff, the messy stuff, the I don't know what the fuck is going on stuff, you know, so you have permission. You don't need to feel calm or even regulated to go to your deck. If you are in a space where you're able to say, I am lost, I am messy, I'm jealous, or I'm grieving, or I'm angry, I'm in such a hard spot. It's so hard for me right now. Where am I? What is present? 
What am I being invited to pay attention to here? What would you have me know? What nourishment can I offer myself? Any and all of those questions are worthy and beautifully, beautifully expansive prompts for, for self-tending and clarity. And again, that's what all of my work is rooted in, but it takes, it's a huge unlearning to move out of that space and into, I am allowed to show up here no matter what. So if this brought you anything else, I hope it helps to remind you that you're not alone at all, that we are all traveling through this time together and that support and nourishment reminders, mirrors, Gemini season's favorite kind of archetypal symbol are right here. So I cannot wait to connect with all of you at the monthly medicine episode for June. Um, you'll likely hear from me, um, or maybe you won't. Yeah. You'll hear from me next, um, (laughs) sorry, at the, at the monthly medicine episode again, swirly. Um, dates are so funny right now. Um, until we meet again, please take exquisite care of yourselves and I will see you in just a week. <laughs>